0: Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Okay. Um, I am very honored to have been asked to speak. Um, Yeah, this meeting has sort of saved my life a second time, Um, this meeting and meetings like it. Um, Let's see. So I've always been taught to sort of tell what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. Um, I grew up in a Jewish house and Jewish observance was always part of um, my life. I don't know what I ever believed, but I was very good at sort of following the rules and doing Uh, what I call like doing all the things like saying the prayers and doing the movements and um, following the rules. Um, I never totally felt like I fit in anywhere, not at school. Um, I was like the smart nerdy kid. Um, By the time I was eight, I was fat. I have red hair, um, totally stuck out. I must have turned to food at an early age. Um, I was on my first diet when I was nine. So by then, I was what you know my doctor considered overweight. Um, I don't think I was taught any other way of dealing with feelings or any way at all. Um, I figured out food because I am an addict. Um, food is not my only drug of choice, but it is my first primary drug of choice. Um, I, you know, I remember just diet after diet. Um, when I was 12, I sort of lied on my diet. I lost like eight pounds the first week. And then after that, I basically didn't do, I didn't eat. It was one of those diets where they send the food home to you. Um, I ate that like plus plus. Um, The guy who monitored how much food you got wasn't very good at it. So I would get the like dessert things every week because I'm a food addict. So I just was never, ever good at diets. Um, What I was good at was obsessing about my weight. um, And I was very good at eating. I would binge, I would sneak food. Um, There would be like leftovers in the fridge. There would be a certain temperature they would get to. Um, I was always going for them. I stole food. Um, I stole money for food. I spent all of my babysitting money on food. Um, And I babysat quite a bit. So I'd like to say that there's some sort of subtlety. I've told my story many times and I'll get caught up in like, then I did this diet, then I did this. But like, it just was all the same thing. Um, a fellow of mine from a local meeting says, all I thought about was food and how fat I was. And that's totally what my life was like. Um, when I was 23, I first found a way. Um, spoiler alert, that is not, nine years ago when I got absent, but it was my first uh, time in OA and it didn't stick, but I did learn some things that still stay with me today. Um, one of them is that I am not the worst person in the world. I am not a murderer. Um, I only dealt in petty theft, like I said, for like spare change, $20 bills and food, um, but I thought I was uniquely bad. Um, Another thing that I learned was that a higher power didn't have to be God in the sky with the white hair and beard and robes and all the buttons. Um, A higher power could be what I needed it to be. I worked steps one, two, and kind of three in that iteration of OA. Um, I think mostly what it was for me is just being in a room full of other people telling my story was so profound. Um, I always felt uniquely bad. And so to be with a bunch of people who did the same crap I did was really something. Um, I had a couple different sponsors. One of them didn't have sugar in their food plans. So I stopped eating sugar too, but I was eating flour which reacts basically the same in my body. So I was able to follow that as a rule for a while but I didn't feel too much of a difference. At the time I was pretty depressed. So I was actually able to follow a food plan. I just did like a diet online. Um, And then once I sort of got treatment for depression and got less depressed, um, that became harder. So I got out of the situation I was in, I moved back home. Um, I went to one meeting and it wasn't the same. Um, I was coming from Portland, Maine to Chicago. It was like downtown business people. There was only one person there. And there was a cassette tape that was, I think it was probably an AA speaker, but whatever it was didn't work for me. And I was like, okay, OA doesn't work. So bam, um, disease back in charge. So probably a month after that, (laughs) I said to someone, I've been off of sugar for some amount of time. And they basically said so. And so that was it. Like, forget that. That doesn't work for me. It doesn't matter and I was off and running. Um, I had lost probably like 50 pounds on that diet gained back that 50 plus, uh, almost like 90 more. So up 140 pounds over the course of about two years, um, while I was in social work school. So I really feel for the people who were my therapy clients at the time, um, watching their therapist balloon up like that. That's got to be really disconcerting. Um, I was trying intuitive eating at the time. Um, I can't remember how much I've talked about that here, but that is a part of my story that allowed me to gain 140 pounds. Um, I'm sure there are some people who that works for, but me as a food addict, that amounted to putting my disease in charge. That um, was giving my disease the reins and it was a mess. It was a huge, huge mess. I am not qualified to know when I'm hungry, how much is enough, when I should stop eating, what food I should have. I am not qualified to make those decisions um, without some kind of help. And that's why I'm here. So hot, hot mess. Um, When I was 28, I got really into pot um, and that made everything way worse. Um, that was, I was like the last three years of being out there. Um, and it was horrible. I had basically no life by the time I got to be 31, um, which was 2011. I pot wasn't even doing it anymore. I would like smoke a bunch and nothing would happen. Um, I was still 300 pounds. I was eating all day, every day. I was eating at night, basically until I fell asleep. And sometimes when I woke up in the middle of the night, Um, but it was the pot that I really thought was the problem. So I was listening to, uh, a lot of love line with Dr. Drew at the time and watching celebrity rehab. Um, and he said that when you go into a 12 step program of recovery, you need to have willingness and you need to take direction. Um, and so that stuck with me. So I went to a marijuana anonymous meeting and the person who I sat down next to uh, volunteered to be a sponsor. We ended up having a ton in common, including uh, food addiction. I, at that point, did not have any interest in working on that. I was like into the fat acceptance movement, Um, but the willingness that I had, the taking direction, um, made it so that I listened to her. I saw that she was happy, joyous, and free, I saw that she was in a normal size body and she said she did these things. So I took a leap of faith or whatever you want to call it. And I trusted that she was telling me to do the things that work for her. And so I was going to try that. Um, Whatever mindset that was, I think that really saved my life. Um, And this sponsor saved my life. She has since, she's not in the program anymore, Um, but she saved my life and I thank her every year um, when I reach my abstinence anniversary. So I quit pot December 2nd, 2011. December 7th, 2011, I started a food plan. Um, it was no flour, no sugar, um, weighed and measured. And although stopping the pot was difficult and I had a little bit of withdrawal, um, once I stopped the sugar, it was full blown withdrawal. Um, like a drug. It, yeah, there are several drugs that would have been easier for me to withdraw from than sugar and flour. Um, shaking, like feeling like I was crawling out of my skin. Luckily, I was um, on I had just had knee surgery, also related to my weight. Um, and so I was off from work at the time because I couldn't focus on anything. Um, the first two weeks were bad. Um, I remember getting that fifteen day chip and I felt like I had been through, um, I was gonna say war, but I haven't been through a war. I don't know what that's like. It was bad. It was a tough time, Um, but you know, I had this amazing sponsor and met other people in the program really quickly. Um, I went to social events back when that was a thing that we did Um, and it was great. I had someone to call anytime. Um, I initially was not interested in weighing and measuring because of those diets when I was really young that were focused around that. I thought they didn't work for me and it would be triggering, but again, she said it worked. And so I was willing to try it. It turned out to be completely the opposite of what I expected. It doesn't feel restrictive at all. It feels more like freedom because before I would question every bite that I had, like, should I eat this? Should I not eat this? Have I had too much? Do I earn, do I like get to have this? Um, And I felt guilty about everything I ate. Now, whatever is my amount of food that I get on my food plan, it's all mine. I can enjoy it. I don't have to feel guilty about it. Um, and for me, that makes a huge difference. So the cravings got a lot better. Um, and I know not everybody puts aside food groups, but I can just tell you that for me, nine years in has been absolutely essential. Um, if I accidentally have sugar in something, um, it, yeah. The addiction kicks up again, that like opiate path in my brain gets kicked off, and it takes a while for it to die down. Um, it became easy to stay abstinent. Um, there was a good, a lot of good meetings in my area. Um, there was a particular type of meeting that I went to until pretty recently. Um, I live in Boston, so on the East Coast, called 90 Day Meetings. Um, a major focus on back to back abstinence, most people are eating the same food plan. Um, there were a lot of people with long-term recovery and you walk into the meeting and most people are thin and you're like, am I in the right place? And you are because it actually worked. Um, and that was very, very encouraging. Um, my sponsor had me start working the steps right away. Um, step one, I had pretty much done. Like I had been working on it for the previous, well, couple of months, but several years. Um, Step two, I think I sort of worked it when I got that to my first 30 days of abstinence. And I had never been able to do that before ever in my life. And I did do it. So whatever the gap was between I couldn't do it by myself and I did it, I, for me, must have been a higher power. Um, I sort of worked with what my new sponsor what my current at the time sponsor um talked about in terms of step Mm -hmm. two in terms of sort of coming up with a higher power that works for you and that um was also what my first sponsor from years earlier had described so i sort of was at a yoga and meditation retreat and like very it just was like a spiritual experience of some kind Um, Mm -hmm got a like sort of thought about a higher power, like that sense in nature, sort of vast, maybe a feminine energy, um, something that sort of is in everyone and in everything. Um, step three was pretty cookie cutter. Um, I got through step seven and then in, doing that work of, uh, four, five, six, and seven realized that, um, I needed to join another program. So I then had skin surgery, um, and that was the end of 2013. Um, you can't be as fat as I was for as long as I was probably without having a lot of extra skin. And I had a lot, um, even though I had neglected my friends and family for so many years because I was in the food and would leave events so I could eat and not go to things so I could smoke. Um, so many people, I did like a uh, not Kickstarter, the other thing, that thing online where you raise money, um, like a GoFundMe type thing. And so many people contributed family, friends. It was, I was in awe. Um, and because I was abstinent and working the program, I was able to Experience that. Um, that reminds me of another thing in the first year of abstinence. Good God, feeling the feelings. Um, before I would use food, alcohol, pot, avoidance, whatever, not to have to feel feelings. And then I didn't have anything. Um, a lot of people who are sober in other programs but aren't in this program use food or something. Um, and I just had to get like gain skills and talk to people. Um, And talking to people is not my first instinct, but it's something I have learned to do in this program and it's been monumentally helpful. Um, Trying to think how, not too much time left. Um, After being able to fit in the same clothes year after year for about four years, which was a miracle. I still don't know another like a non-religion God based word for miracle, but whatever word that is, That was unthinkable to me. I could not have imagined that that would ever happen, but it did Um, until my body changed um, something in my metabolism. And without uh, doing something else, I just would not have been able, like I just was gaining half a pound a month eating the same exact food plan I'd been eating. And that was really frustrating. Um, If you had told 300 pound me that gaining six pounds a year was bad i would have punched her in the face um like what are you even talking about but you know doing what i had done and having the recovery i did um gaining weight was really demoralizing so started to exercise that sort of put that back in the it it made it better um and then met my wife fell madly in love Total love story, we'll talk about that another time. Um, But like exercise was not on my priority list anymore. So eventually I came to meet with a nutritionist and um, this is not at all to proselytize, but just to tell people what works for me, which is um, I ended up dropping more carbs from my food plan um, and becoming, uh, doing like ketogenic type of thing. and it works so much better. I have even fewer cravings than I had before. Um, the amount of cravings I had, you know, in the past several years was way less than I w- when I was eating flour and sugar, and now it's even less. Um, and that's really great. It makes it way easier to stay abstinent. Um, so, I got pregnant after a year of trying um, a year ago. Uh, A year and three days ago, I found out I was pregnant. Um, It was kind of a difficult pregnancy, but it was absolutely my dream. Um, And then after almost 20 weeks, I gave birth to a stillborn baby. Um, The worst thing that's happened in my life. Um, Had a total spiritual crisis, and that is how I ended up here. It turns out that those meetings that I went to, a lot of Judeo-Christian shit got soaked into my concept of a higher power. And I developed these beliefs that if you do good, you'll get good. So like if I was a good girl, good things would happen to me. And if something doesn't work out, it means there's something better waiting for you. And that was my experience. Like people who dumped me, that just wasn't the right person. A job I didn't get, it just wasn't the right thing. And something better did come along. But my baby Lila was that better thing. Um, and I did all the right things. I did all the right things to get pregnant. I did all the right things while I was pregnant and it, I just, nothing made sense. Um, it just felt like such bullshit. Um, I lived a privileged enough life not to have to know that just cause you're a good person doesn't mean bad things don't happen to you. Um, that it just, no. um, so what I came to and how I ended up in these meetings and I realize I'm running out of time, but let me see what I can fit in. Um, Either there isn't, either there isn't an omnipotent God or there is one and he didn't see fit to save my baby. And in that case, fuck him. Um, That like, what the fuck is that? This was my dream come true. My like one purpose in life. I like didn't have career ambitions. (laughs) No, this was it. Um, So I couldn't figure out how I was going to stay abstinent without a way by some grace of whatever I continued to be abstinent food was not going to solve anything. So I didn't go back to it. And that I don't know if I could have done that a few years ago. Um, That's amazing. I could not have gotten through this without being abstinent. Um, I looked for other things, other ways to be Abstinent and like stay that way without OA. I looked at many different things. There is nothing else for me. This is the last house on the block. I will be doing this forever. Um, but what I was doing wasn't working. It all was bullshit. So thankfully, um, the secular OA website went up like a few weeks before I started looking for it. Um, I found this meeting, I found other meetings. Um I am still, that was in August when I first came to this meeting. Like I said, these meetings have saved my life again. Um, I'm still in the process of figuring out how to do this in a secular way. Um, the way I was doing a away didn't work, but I know that I need a way in my life. Um, I just I finally got to, and I'll wrap up with this, writing my own steps 2, three and 11 um, to figure out, you know, my first shot. this is very first draft, so apologies. Um, at how to do this. So I will just read them and then that will be it. So step two, acknowledged I could not do it on my own. My best thinking got me to 300 pounds and a shitty, selfish life. I needed help. Step three, decided to do what these thin, sane people in OA were doing and take the wisdom of the group as a power all its own that can help me. This community is more powerful than any one of us alone and it can help me get and stay abstinent. I can learn from what others do and do that myself. I need to take direction and respect my inner wisdom, not my disease at the same time. And last step 11, stay aware that I am not the piece of shit that the world revolves around. There may not be a God, but there is hope in a way, beauty in nature and sometimes in other people and some things I can't explain with what I know. I need to keep meditating as well because it keeps me more even keeled and a bit less tossed about by life. That is all, thank you, and I'm sorry for going over time.